Hello and welcome to Locked On Lease Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Mike DiStefano. I'm joined here by another guest co-host, Brandon Cameron from the Fan 590. What's going on, pal? Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, interesting weekend for the Maple Leafs. Over the weekend, they had a 6-2 blowout loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Leafs now falling out of a playoff spot ahead of the bye week. Uh, your thoughts on this game? They are horrible. It man. was a bad one. It was a disaster. Like I, I would love to say that I haven't seen them play like that in in years, but the the real sad reality is they played like that last Sunday night in Florida too. Yes, like two game two two of the last three games they just laid an absolute egg. It's a joke, man. In post game, that's pretty much exactly what Sheldon Keith was referring to when he said we played immature in Florida. We played immature again here tonight. You know, if you want to peel the layer back or peel the onion back a little bit and try and see exactly what he's talking about there, I think uh, you know it, it, it gets a little deeper. But I think that this game, they just kind of uh, they they woke up really late, and then before you knew it, it was three nothing, and and they weren't playing well in front of Freddie. Freddie wasn't playing well himself. He gave up some bad goals. Um, I thought and- I thought Freddie could have. Easily stopped every single one of those Chicago goals. There's, uh, like, like I'll give him the oh, the, the, the goal, was, goal was really good, but was I sweet. think Freddie Anderson could have saved that. That's not. It wasn't an. I get why it surprised him, but like, if he's on his game, maybe, he could have stopped that. If he's on his game, maybe that's it. one that he stops usually. Um, you, but just you know what the funny thing about that goal is. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Jonathan Taves sent that sauce pass. <laughs> like, that might pass. be one of the all-time worst passes. Why? Dude, it was six feet in the air. Oh, true. But <laughs> it was still a nice play. Turned no, no. to be a real good play. No, 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 no. And, <laughs> but that's not that's not on Jonathan Taves, though. It's not, That was a Kubelik goal. That was all him, man. 100%. And we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about Kubelik a little bit later. We're also going to play some cosign, no sign later and go through some of the some of the news and notes that's going on in Leafland uh, as we do embark on our bye week. But uh, we are going to keep chatting about this Chicago game, unfortunately, because we got to just relive it for another 10 minutes or so, and then we can move on. But <laughs> something that did happen that game, which I think is noteworthy, Timothy Lilligren making his NHL debut. The Leafs ran with 11 forwards and 7D in this game. Obviously, Lilligren being a 7th defenseman. Um, didn't get much ice time. I think he played just shortly over 10 minutes uh, of ice time. Um, had a tough giveaway on uh, on that Kub- on one of the Kubalik goals, uh, but turnover aside, I-, I didn't think that he had a terrible debut. I thought that he w- he was okay. What did you think of his game? I actually kind of liked him. Yeah. I-, I-, I liked his effort. Like um, there was one shift in the offensive zone where there was Sandin, Lilligren, Matthews, and I think Marner and Nylander. There there was one shift in like a second period where they just they hemmed him in. They hemmed him in for like yeah. a minute and a half solid, yeah. and they were just all over the puck. Which I really liked, and I was like, "That, like, good for him. Like, that's a really good shift." I mean, obviously, that one turnover he had wasn't great. No, it was not the best. But what do you? You're playing a guy ten minutes in his NHL debut against. Oh, okay. well, you know what? I was going to say against Chicago, but Chicago isn't really relevant. Well, you say, <laughs> I mean, you say that, but like Patrick Kane, he just scored his thousandth point in the NHL. He's still an electric player. So you're playing against, you know, Kane and Jonathan Tace. He may not be the force that he once was, but he's still a heck of a player. He had a and real good game Saturday night too. He, he did. We had four, three or four points. Like he, he was great. He was a goal. He was almost got a hat trick. I think he, he finished with two goals, two assists. Yeah, he had four points. So, so a four point night. So he's 
pretty good player, that guy. Pretty good player. And I thought it was funny. They were coming off. I, I, it picked up on the uh, on the, the glass microphone there. Somebody on the team was like, oh, not a bad night for Hockey Night in Canada, eh? And I thought it was really funny that that happened um, and, and that he said that. But, yeah, Lilligren just, you know, besides for that one turnover, not a bad solid. debut. No, I thought not he was solid. Debut. I thought he was very solid. Does he earn some more some more time going forward? That's tough to say. Um, I don't see a world where Sheldon Keefe, unless Cody Cece, Justin Hall, or Tyson Berry gets hurt, I don't really see a lot of room for Lilligren to step in. And I don't see I don't see it being a regular thing where he goes eleven forward seventy. I don't I don't well, see considering this. how the game turned out. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think that's a formula. <laughs> that has proven to work for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know if that's something he would he would stick with. And I think Keith has more than shown so far that he's willing to, if something's not working, he's going to change it. And obviously something wasn't working on Saturday night, and I think something's going to change. Again, I don't know if it was it was the system or, or the way that, that it was, uh, you know, the 11-7. and 7. I don't know if that played as much of a factor as just the gameplay itself. Um, like I thought there was, there were some really, really ugly moments in that game. Um, and with that, we, we might as well move on to the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and it, let's start with the ugly first because it was just an ugly game and that's kind of where we got to start. And I well, think Freddie Anderson <laughs> gotta be the ugly. Oh yeah. Uh, he was atrocious yeah. <laughs> Saturday night to say the least. Um, he could have easily had all of those goals. I like I, I come back. It comes back to me like if you have your starting goaltender on his game, he's gonna steal you a couple, make a couple saves that he normally shouldn't. He didn't do that on Saturday night at all. No, and even and some of those Taves goal, like both of Taves' goals, they were just like coming off the wing off of. I mean, sure, they were bad turnovers from the Maple Leafs, but your goalie's got to have that, man. Like, I agree. Like your goalie's just got to have that. I, I totally agree. I think it was it was a case of him just not being uh, being a little too deep in his net, not coming out and challenging uh, Taze, and, and it, it yeah. just gave up a little bit more room uh, behind him in the back of the net for Taze to shoot on him, and end up kind of going up over the shoulder and, and getting a couple of quick shots. And what I don't like is post game when the main players were talking about like the the Bronx cheers that that Anderson was getting. Yeah, they at some point like you've earned them, man. Like just. Like, right? I disagree like, with you. At some point, like, you got to make a save, man. Like, maybe your fans just expect better from you. I disagree. And and, and, and and rightfully so. I think Maple Leafs fans have the right to expect better from Freddie Anderson. For me, so it's funny you bring that up because that was my bad. The crowd. Oh, really? Yeah, that was my <laughs> bad. I, when they gave Freddie the Bronx cheer, I didn't like that one bit. He has been the rock for this team all year long. He's been the team MVP. He's kept them in so many games. He's won them so many games. And he's going through a bit of a stretch right now. For them to give him the Bronx cheer after making a stop, like that's just – you talk about immaturity, that's immature. That's stupid. You, yeah, don't, but- you don't do that to a guy who's, who's put in so much work. And the only reason why this team is in the position that they are in today – you're gonna because he's he's had a couple of stinkers in a row and and gave up some bad goals in this game. You're gonna go ahead and give him the cheer. Like, come on! I 
You know what, though, man? Like, at the end of the day, I get it. Fan, like, least fans pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go see a game. And if that's the game you chose to go see, how how disappointed would you be? Well, not only. Right? I Like, at the end of the day, they're the ones on the ice doing it. If they don't want that to happen, don't let it happen. Don't play like that. That, no. that right? That's, no. th- that's my logic. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. There's another, uh, there's another kind of sequence later in the game. I think it was about in the third period too, where there's just a, a really sloppy sequence for the Leafs in the neutral zone, a bit in their own zone, trying to break out and they weren't making crisp passes. And they backed a couple times and got some jeers too, right? Yeah, they got some jeers. And, and, I think it was Sandy. Yeah, I didn't like that one. That one wasn't great. Are you kidding me? Like this is, your guy of the future, quote unquote, like this is your their savior on defense that they're talking about, and you're giving them the booze. No, the I, second game back, I, like, I didn't on. like. I didn't like the Sandin ones. No, uh, so I didn't I like just, the Sandin ones. I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was fine. On no, Saturday night. like I, I don't know. I don't I, think he was the problem. I don't think he was. They were booing him. I think, like I said, no, it was yeah, the yeah. sequence, but it was him who had the puck when they were. No, yeah, I didn't like doing that one. the booing, and that's why I was like, oh, come on, like I really. Just think, I just think Anderson deserved like earned them on Saturday night, oh, and I think I he's got a like good chance him, to. I think he'll. I think he'll bounce back. I have like that's the thing with Freddie Anderson. I have the, I have faith in him to bounce back, because he's done it before. You know how bad he's been. Oh, he's been atrocious. since the new year. Bad. So the team's played ten games so far in twenty twenty, which is a lot actually. When you think about it, ten games in like eight twenty days, days, twenty days, nineteen <laughs> days. Um. 18, because they played the 18th was the last game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's 7-2-1. Pretty good record. Pretty good record. Pretty good record. He's got a 4-12 goals against. Ooh, Marty Jones-esque numbers. 8-81 save percentage. He's given up 3-plus goals in 8 of the last 10 games, including 3-5 spots. How many yanks did he have? He had at least 2 pulls, right? I think he's had a, yeah, yeah, at yeah. At least 2. It might have been 3. 2 or 3 pulls, yeah. And he probably could have been pulled against Chicago. I think if it, if the bye week wasn't coming up, he would have got the yank for sure. I, I actually think- don't agree with that. I think that I think Freddie. I think Keith intentionally left Freddie in because he was mad at him. You think, dude? Did you see Sheldon Keith at the end of the first intermission? Oh, he was. He laying, was. You know what? Though, but he was not laying into Freddie. I know Freddie's got to get those shots. But but he even said post game, and all the players agree that they didn't play well enough in front of him either. Like they left yeah. him out to dry multiple times. No, absolutely, a bunch of stupid turnovers. So I don't think that he left him in because he was mad at at, at Freddie. I, I I can't get behind that notion. I think, I think it has more to do situationally with where we are in the schedule than it did with the way that Anderson played in the game. Okay, when I said when I said that, I didn't really I I didn't think it through all the way. Um, well, you gotta think things know, through if you're gonna say but, um, it to a podcast to the public. I'm trying to. I have another angle on this kind of thing where I think <coughs> Keith's at a point where he knows that Freddie Anderson needs to get out of his funk. To get out of his funk, and I don't know if it's the right time to yank him for the third or fourth time in two or three weeks. Well, the weird part right? is the game that bef- couldn't help. Well, the Thursday before against Calgary, he was, he was phenomenal. Brilliant. He was brilliant, right? Calgary, Arguably yeah. one of his best games of the season. And then he followed it up with that stinker. So, like, we thought he had turned a corner, and then, yep, an absolute stinker. Um, Sorry, I didn't do my bad yet. No, you didn't do your bad <laughs> yet. All right, cool. um, My bad was John Tavares. 
I thought he was invisible on Saturday yeah, night. He wasn't. He wasn't good, eh? No, not good. He, he eh? was. He didn't do any. I didn't even see him. No, it, and it's not a great night when when you're on Saturday night. Your captain's got to show up. He's been quiet for for a few, couple of weeks now. I feel. Yeah, he's like, got a couple goals here and there, but but his like, overall like he's not he's not somebody I noticing on a game to game basis like I was a little bit earlier in the uh-huh. season. Um, I, I don't know what it is if 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 he's he's hurt or if. Uh, just the season started to weigh on him or what it is, but it really does seem like over the last couple of weeks, he's not somebody who's flashed out on the ice like we've seen yeah. out of John Tavares over his career. He's playing better than the average person, don't get me wrong. He's still John he's still Tavares. John Tavares, and he's still you know contributing, but he hasn't been the $11 million, oh, no. you know, 90 point John Tavares that we're used to over the last couple of weeks. And that's okay. Everybody goes through those tough times. We, yeah. you know, it's, it's peaks and valleys of a season, but uh, yeah, I agree. He, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't very good. A player who I did like as we go to, to the good, uh, there was actually a few players that I, I kind of liked, but I thought that the third line, especially uh, Caput yeah. and Kerfoot and, and Engvall, I actually liked them. I, I thought they had a couple of really, Really good shifts. Um, they're probably the best line of the bunch. Engvall, he had a few really good chances, but wasn't able to score. Kerfoot, he, he did score. Um, and then I thought, you know, was, was all right. He was using his speed the way that, that you'd want yeah. him to. And I think that, that that's going to end up being kind of the third line right there. I think that yeah. is the Leafs' third line going forward, uh, even when everybody else is healthy. Because um, McKayev, I believe, is out for the season. Yeah, he's, so he's I think done. Engvall takes over that that third line left that wing third spot. line left wing spot. Even when Trevor Moore gets back, I, I like the way that they played. I actually like um, a lot of what Pierre Engvall's brought to the table. Me too. And he's, he's a he's, he's a, a big bit. body. He's got a good stick. He's, he's really smart. Yeah, he's surprisingly quick and a hundred percent. But something that even in I think it was it might have been the the Calgary game or was it the Calgary game or the Devils game where he he was kind of getting into it a little bit in the net. Like he, he, he's, yeah, he's got some jam. He's got a little bit of jam to him, you know, give him a couple of face wash <laughs> and some chirps. Yeah. Which... I, I'm a fan of Pierre. Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah. Nice to see. Uh, what uh, was your good? My good was William Nylander. I thought he was fantastic on Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. That was like, my other guy. Which is like ironic that he was playing with John Tavares, who I didn't notice once, but <laughs> yeah. Nylander had that puck the entire time. He scored a beautiful goal. His goal was awesome. He nearly he had that. He created that one breakaway by himself that almost uh, that almost went in. He just he was fantastic. Like yeah, it sucks that it was in that kind of a loss. It sucks that that kind of effort goes to waste. But I mean, I also didn't think like I thought Matthews and Marner were okay. I thought they had some jump. They had really good shifts. I, yeah. I found that they had some really good shifts and didn't some work, kind of stinkers. But, but. It, they were fine. I thought yeah. they were fine, but I wouldn't say they were good particularly. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought Nylander had a really good game himself. Um, you know, he he scored and he had a few other chances. He, yeah, no, he was he was one of the better Leafs out there on the ice. Um, anything else that really stood out to you in that game? Just the effort. I just, I to me, that's what it comes down to. Like the Maple Leafs have had this issue for years, where they just kind of have games where they they take a sleep every once in a while. Like once every couple of weeks, they usually have just at least one game that they fall asleep on, and and nothing really comes out of it. And they just usually, and honestly, usually they don't end up getting destroyed. It's usually like a five-two loss or something like 
maybe like a 5-3 loss or something ridiculous. But the last couple of weeks, they've really, really laid some eggs. And they've gotten exposed by teams they shouldn't be getting exposed by, exposed to by, to be honest. Chicago and Florida aren't the teams that you should be getting pummeled against. They should be teams you should be pummeling if you're a team in... If the Maple Leafs think they're the caliber team that they are, they need to own up to losing to teams like that. That's not okay. No, it's not okay. And I think that was that was kind of the message that was sent to them by Sheldon Keith, not only after the game, but through the game. Like, after those three goals, uh, they showed on, on TV after they came back from the TV timeout, they showed a clip of him just ripping into his team after that third goal. And usually during a TV timeout, there's not, there's like some conversation, but usually it's just kind of catching your breath, getting some quick squirts of water, you know, chatting with the players. But the, the coach usually just kind of, they maybe huddle as a, as a squad, but there's not much coaching going on during the TV timeouts. I don't know if there was much coaching going Man, on there well, either. <laughs> clearly not, you know, they scored another three goals after that, but still he laid into them good. So he was not happy with the way that they played uh, at all against Chicago. But it's actually kind of nice to see that side of Keith. No, it is honestly it like is. It, it's kind of a relief, and because Babcock would never do that, like not in uh, not not on TV, <laughs> not on TV. I uh, yeah maybe closed doors. maybe you do behind closed doors. That's who he is, man. I don't think we can go and talk about this game without talking about actually how good of a player this Dominic Kubelik kid is. I like him a lot. I think that he's a fine for Chicago. I mean, am I going to go out and say that, you know, he's another one of those Panarin findings where they went out, they go overseas and they bring a kid back. But for a rookie, he's got 20 goals already on the year. He's really making a name for himself. Um, I, I thought that he had a, a fantastic game. And now playing up with Taze, there's been times where he's played with, with Patrick Kane for a little bit in the game. Like he's, he's really solidifying himself as a top six player in the, in the Chicago offense. And what's interesting is and the reason why I've, I've kind of been keeping an eye on Cuba League all season long is because I haven't been one of my fantasy leagues. <laughs> so I've kind of been making sure what's been going on in his life. Um, but he also can lay the body too, which is hey, he's a big he's a big kid. It was good to see. He's a yeah. big kid. Big kid. He's got really strong hands. He's a pretty good skater. Um, I, I I really like. Oh, one other thing that I did want to mention: Tyson Berry beat Patrick Kane in a one on one. Did you do you remember? Do you recall that? Honestly, man, I don't. But I was also <laughs> I was surprised. I had a little bit of Keith going on man, in, my, saw, in my so, living room in the third period. Patrick Kane was coming in on a breakaway, kind of off the wing, I guess, and and it was him versus Tyson Barry. And I was like, oh, well, he's gonna get past Barry. That's just gonna happen. But Barry actually stopped him up, and it forced Kane to stop. And wow, I know Tyson Barry played yeah, defense. Yeah, wow, I was, I was surprised. I was surprised. I was wow, the Leafs are learning, man. Wow, I all know. it takes is again. Dummy by Chicago and Florida. For oh, you know, when you're already down six. <laughs> you you know, might as well. Yeah, maybe, this, maybe I'll stop this. Maybe I'll put up this. I'll let him get the seven. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Chiefs nice. is, is what they are, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Uh, good chat, but that was a bad loss. A bad way to end the first half of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, heading into the bye week now, out of a playoff spot, which is 
Hella unfortunate. That's bad. That sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 terrible, but is what it is. Uh, sucks that the Floridas are going to have games this week to pull ahead of you. True. <laughs> like true. honestly, that that really is unfortunate. Very I mean, true. sure, like the Leafs will get that ground back when Florida goes in there by a week, but I mean, it's unfortunate timing for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here, and up next, we're going to play some cosine no sign. All right, welcome back to Lockdown Leafs Podcast. Mike Stefan here alongside Brandon Cameron from the Fan 590. All right, Brandon, we're going to play some cosine, no sign. I got three. You got three. I'll go first. Number one, cosine, no sign. Alex Ovechkin passes Wayne Gretzky for the goal-scoring record. This one's tough because I think it could honestly go either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he could – I think – there's a chance he falls just short of, of Gretzky at, like, maybe something in the 8. What's Gretzky got? 894? Something like that. Something like that. I think he get. I think he could get up to somewhere in the 880s, 870s, 850s, 860s. I think he could finish there. But there's also a very real chance that he does it. Like, what does he need? I, I saw a tweet the other day where it was I'm like – f- I think I know the exact tweet, and I'm trying to find it. Yeah, I, I liked it. it. It's so the same one that uh, – that's what I'm thinking of. Who tweeted it? It was Duffy. I thought, thought so. I thought <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Deathy. Um, he needs, like, over the next five years, he needs, like, a couple 40-goal seasons, and then he can have a 30 out of 20-goal season, and he would have the record. If, if he finishes with, like, 56 goals this year or something. So I have it. So if so, here's the, the tweet from James Duffy. Uh, if Ovi gets 18 more this year, and he plays six more seasons, these totals would break the record. So if he if he ends up getting 18 more this year and gets to 50, very probable actually. Yeah. Probably scores more than 50. And then next year, down to 40. The year after that, just 30. And then 25, 20, and 20. He breaks the record. That's very doable. Very doable. That's if, like very achievable. If he wants to do it, he can do it. This is going to be on Ovechkin. I think he could do it in five years. Honestly, Ooh. I, I, if like I think he could do it in five, but if he he can like if I if, think there's a chance he does, if I, he scores fifty, like for the next three years for sure he can get it done in five yeah. years. And I think it was Craig Button thinks that too. I think he said he's he's thirty four now, and he said when he's thirty nine he will break the record. I can see it. Like so, I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign because I I I. It doesn't seem that out of it's not that out of it's not that far fetched. I know Vetchkin's still got some time. I don't see him retiring just out of the blue or his game deteriorating deteriorating that much really quick. Ironically, I did see it. Remember that one year he only had like thirty goals? Oh, thirty eight like, goals. <laughs> He's done. He's done. I was like, oh He's man, Ovechkin's never gonna be a forty, fifty goal scorer again and then the next five years he won the rocket or something. And like, like two years later won the cup. <laughs> yeah. It was kinda funny. Um, okay, so my first cosine no sign also has to do with Ovechkin. Also, actually, just want to quickly point out this little nugget. Uh, if you miss it over the weekend, he passed Mario Lemieux for tenth and tied Steve Eisman for ninth, all in one game with a hat trick. They got another hat trick the next game. Did he get a hat trick yesterday? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> he had Look two hat tricks this week, dude. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, he straight up had two hat tricks. Um, so my first one is uh, is about Ovechkin as well. Sid and Ovechkin are both lock top five Hall of Famers. By the way, that what I was talking about was Saturday's hat trick. Oh, okay. 
Well, they had two hat-tricks this week. Yeah, yeah. earlier, I think, yeah, it may have been back-to-back games, but that was the game that I was referring to, the second game of hat-trick. Oh, okay. Yeah. My bad. Sorry, what was yours? Sid and Ovechkin are both lock uh, top five Hall of Famers. Co-sign? Why are you even asking that question? Dude, people don't agree with it. I post, I put. Oh, I, wait. I, are you saying that they're top five players of all time? Yeah, both of them. They're both in the top five all-time players. Uh, okay. Um, man, you see, it's a, it's such an unfair question. How? Because it's so difficult to, like, cross generations like that. Like, I didn't really get to watch Gretzky in his heyday. Now, I know he's the GOAT, but I'm just saying, I didn't really get to watch. Like, Gordy Howe, I've never seen him play hockey live. Like, I've seen highlights of it. Gordy Howe's the one I would take out play. of the original top five to put, a, to put Sid Novechkin in, oh, to be honest. man. But the longevity of that guy. He came back and played when he was, like, 60 years old. Played I think five decades. I think Sid's automatically in the top five. He's probably fourth all-time, in my opinion, already. Um, and I would give Ovechkin the fifth spot over Gordy Howe Hold because— on, you mean already or, like— Yeah, already. Oh. No, uh, no, 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 sign. already, no sign, sure. no sign, no sign. I think they got a couple more years to go. Like, oh, I don't. I think they've they've solidified it, man. Like they're they're so good. Sid's who's, the smartest guy to ever play top hockey. Five? Who's in my top five? Gretzky or Lemieux? Sid Ovechkin. Man, it's hard for me to leave out Ovechkin in the top five because he's arguably dead. the best goal scorer. I would, of all I wouldn't time. even say arguably. I think he's the best goal scorer of all time. Yeah, <laughs> like. I, He's playing an era where goalies can actually make a save. I just think that their and careers... And he's only a couple hundred behind Gretzky, and he can still catch him. I think their careers just aren't done yet, in which case I'm not ready to, to solidify them into the top five. Do I think they'll finish top five all time and be on the Mount Mount Rushmore of hockey? Yeah, I think they'll they'll finish there. Yes, I do. But isn't it incredible that like we're so lucky to be growing up in a generation like you and I still fairly young, 25. We grew up in the Crosby-Ovechkin yep. era, both of them together. I know. And, like, that's the hockey that we find to be the norm is, is watching these yeah, two greats play, and they're playing at the exact same time. That's cool. It's actually really so, exciting. Yeah, It's it a is. really exciting thing it's, that we got to witness. I got, I got to witness a, a, my first Leafs game I ever went to was the day after they fired Randy Carlisle. a boy. <laughs> Ovechkin put up a hat trick, and I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Um, All right. Cosine, no sign. Number two. Despite a coaching change, the Vegas Golden Knights will still win the Pacific Division. That's a good question. Um, Have you seen the Pacific Division? I know. it's It's really jammed up. They're all basically at the same points, right? Dude, if Vancouver... So they won... 4-1 4-1 against San Jose Saturday night. If they would have lost in overtime... They'd have fallen would, out of the playoffs. Not just that. <laughs> uh, no, they wouldn't have. Oh, close, though. They would Actually, they would still be first in the Pacific, I believe. Uh, yes, they still would be first in the Pacific. Um, maybe second. But if that would have happened, we would have a five-way tie for the Pacific crown. Oh my god. Five way tie. That's nuts. Vancouver has fifty-eight points. 
Edmonton, Calgary, Vegas, Arizona, all with 57. Yeah, no, it's a good race. Um, I would say Cosine because I have the most faith in Vegas out of all of those teams. They're the team that showed me they're actually good because they've, they've done it recently. But I also think that there's – it's a tough one to call because it could literally go anyway. Oh, 100%. <laughs> there's, there's no way to, like, for sure know, but I'm going to say Cosine because I've seen it from Vegas before. We have. The only thing that gives me pause, I, I, I love their roster uh, offensively. I think they can use another defenseman, um, pre- preferably somebody on the right side who can kind of move the puck. Like Colin Miller? Uh, like, mm, <laughs> I'm thinking more of uh, Eric Carlson type player, yeah, which don't... they could have and should have had already on their roster. Um, anyways, I don't. you don't think so? I think San Jose probably would like to get out of that contract. Yeah, I don't know if they can. Though. <laughs> I don't know if they can either. But if <laughs> I think Eric Carlson's pretty, eat, I think a little Eric bit of money on it. Happy to be in California right now. He probably is. I mean, even if it's Vegas not Vegas, ain't too success, bad either. Though. No, I, I, that's a good point. <laughs> like Vegas ain't Buffalo. Let's put it that way. It's not Buffalo or Toronto. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, especially with the way that the weather's been over the weekend. Uh, but Vegas, for me, I think it comes down to the play of Mark Andre Fleury. Because it was the play of Marc-Andre Fleury that got Jarrett Gallant fired. He has been atrocious over the last few weeks. And what do they say? Give me a fire coach. Probably had a bad goalie. Like there's a direct it's, correlation with goalies. It's weird that, that Vegas hired Pete DeBoer, who is not historically proven that he is a goalie savior <laughs> as a coach. Yeah, but he's never really had a good goalie. Like you think about his entire, like who did he have? Martin Jones and Anthony uh, Niemi. He goes Broder, like, didn't he, in New Jersey? DeBoer? Yeah. Uh, years ago, yeah. yeah. Okay, but Broder is Broder. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you're not coaching Broder. You're just lucky to have him. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, his, when he was in San Jose, his tenure there, he never really had goaltending anyways. Um, but Vegas, I, I think it definitely is going to come down to that. Uh, all right, second one for you. Uh, my second one is also along – it's a similar – Line as you, but it's not the. It's a different take. Um, with all four Western Conference Canadian teams currently in playoff positions, um, I think all of them will end up qualifying for the playoffs. I think did we do this one last? Like I think I did this a couple weeks ago. Not with me. Maybe it was somebody else. But I do recall actually. I asked this question, and I think at the time, I think at the time I co-signed it. I wouldn't have co-signed it before this week, honestly. I think at the time I did, um, I... I think there's a chance one of them fall out. I think there's a chance one me, of them fall out. For but me, I don't, it's I Winnipeg. Don't for you, it's Winnipeg. For me, it's one of... Edmonton, possibly. For me, it's one of Edmonton, Calgary, or Vancouver. I don't know which one, but for me, if there was a team to fall out, it's one of those three. Because I think Winnipeg's better than all of them, honestly. <laughs> well, as of now... All three of them are ahead of Winnipeg in the stand. Yeah, but Winnipeg's in a better division. Yes, like, I know, which means it's going to be tougher for them to get points. But they're a better team. That doesn't matter. you got to get points. So they get points. You, you be, uh, when you're <laughs> playing St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas a lot, especially down the stretch, it's going to be a little tough to get points. Even Chicago's coming on. Like Chicago and Winnipeg right now, they're tied for, with 54 points. Really? Chicago's in almost in a playoff Ch- spot? Chicago's 7-3, and three and they won five straight. Wow. Including a butt-whooping on the Leafs. 
I don't like Chicago's team anymore, man. They are not very good. Nashville, they have 51 points with three games in hand on Chicago. They have the most goalie, sco- most goalie goals in the league this year. Yep. Yes, they do. High-scoring goaltender in, so, in the league. I'm just saying, uh, Winnipeg's the team that, that I'm scared of. But as an optimistic Canadian, I will co-sign it. All right, last one. Co-sign, no-sign. The depleted Blue Jackets roster scraps and scrapes their way into the playoffs, and John Tortorella will find himself on the Jack Adams ballot. Co-sign or no-sign? I'm going to co-sign because I think this isn't just a flash in the pan for Columbus. It's kind of what they've been for the last five or six years under John John Tortorella, right? Like, it's just kind of been the norm. Even without Panarin and Bobrovsky in their lineup anymore, like, they still just kind of blue-collar their way to, to win after win, and they gut through it. They they find a way to make the playoffs, and they just work in the playoffs. They're just a, they're a good, hard-working team, man. Like, I'm convinced that they would do it, and if they do make the playoffs, I don't know how you could exclude John Tortorella from the Jack Adams. I uh, totally agree. I think uh, Tortorella has done wonders with this with this team. Like they did not have expectations going into the season as a playoff team. Nope. Like you lose Bobrovsky, Panarin, Duchesne, Ryan Dzingle is a guy who they picked up last year midway through. Like they lost a lot of guys. Lost four pretty big pieces. Josh Anderson isn't playing well. I think he is legitimately like one or two goals two like goals, on man. the year so and this is a guy who last year was was pretty solid for them was, did he have good. 30 goals last year or, or close uh, to 30 i don't remember exactly how many goals he had but he was a good contributor offensively yeah i know that and he's not doing anything this year but they're still winning why are they still winning goaltending <laughs> i know goaltending 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 Elvis Merzlikens, man look man elvis Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. This yeah, dude. The king is, is in the building. <laughs> he is on one. Like, you remember that game against, I believe it was Chicago, actually, when uh, John Tortorella lost. No, I think maybe the Rangers. But he lost it because. The Corpusello injury? Corpusello got hurt because of the clock. There was a clock mismanagement. They should have won the game. Yeah. But, like, an extra second went off the clock. And they started or, with, like, 0. 0.8 seconds. Yeah. Like, the time yeah. Started overtime and lost in the shootout. Yeah. And he lost the goalie as well. And he just went off. We lost our goalie, but, well, let me tell you how that's gone since that point for Columbus. Okay. The team is 9-2. Elvis Merzlikens, 8-2 in that span, playing 10 of the 11 games. No biggie. 9.55 save percentage. Okay. Three shutouts, doesn't he have? 151 goals against. Three shutouts, right? Three shutouts <laughs> in his last four games. Three in his last four games. He might be a he might be a goalie. He's the he's a Latvian guy, right? He's a Latvian guy that like stoned Canada and No, that's Kirstaps Goodlevskis. Oh, okay, okay. I think Mercedes. But he might be he might also be Latvian. I think he stoned Canada in the World Juniors. A couple of years ago. Mm, well, he's 25, so that would have been like six or seven years ago. Okay, well, six or seven. But he is Latvian. That's the last recollection I have of the world. He's years legitimately of one month older than I am. Um, nice. But you look at the, the teams that he shut out. Like, okay, the Devils, not a Fair. great team. Boston, 
Stopped 34-34. Not bad. Vegas. Stopped 27-27. to Not bad. Like, those are pretty good teams. Beat Carolina. Stopped 32 of 34 for a 941. Got the win. Like, he's he is no, the he's reason why this team is in a playoff position right now and why I also think that that is going to happen and Tortorella is going to find himself on Jack Adams' ballot. Cool. Uh, so my last one here is uh, the Cassian-Kachuk rematch will not live up to anyone's expectations thanks to George Peros' presence in the building and there will be no further drama. No sign. You don't think you think there's going to be drama still? I still think there's going to be drama. I just think that it's going to happen or it's going to happen organically. Like I don't think that they're going to send them both send them both out there for the first puck drop and have them drop the mitts. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but I do think that, and it's it's going to be Cassian's first game back from suspension too. So there's definitely going to be the fuel there. But I certainly do think that there's going to be some sort of retribution from Cassian. I don't know if. If it's going to be Kachuk answering the bell, but I think it's Ka- I think Cassian's going to take a run at like Goudreau or something. By gum, if there isn't anyone dropping the mitts in that game, I'll like. No, I, I think there. There's, there's got to be. No, I think someone's going to drop the mitts, but I also don't. I just don't think there's going to be any supplementary discipline anymore. I don't think anyone's going to cross any lines. Is basically what I was trying to say. Mm. Like, I don't think it's going to be like. You have to suspend this guy again, or you don't have Here's to suspend thing. this oh, guy. No, like, I don't, I don't, think, I don't, that, no, I don't, I don't think, think there's anything further after that. Like, I mean, sure, there's going to be a fight, maybe some right, some face washing and chirping between the benches and stuff. But I don't, I don't see anything crazy happening. What was your question again? Then, uh, she said something. They all live up to the hype, and because everyone kind of thinks, everyone kind of thinks that it's going to be something so crazy. Oh, I don't think that. Like, I think living up to the hype for me would be a fight. That that would be living up to the hype for me because I know it's how kind of underwhelming. Works. <laughs> it's underwhelming. I, I just well, think it's going to underwhelm like, like, I don't think he's going to jump off the bench and like like if he let's say Kachuk lays Does a David hit. Clarkson on. Well, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't I don't think that we're going to see that right. Like no. if if he lays a hit on. Uh, Wimpy McDavid. Let me, be like, let's say Kyler Yamamoto, right? He lays a hit on Yamamoto. I don't think he jumps off the ice, chases him down, and goes David Clarkson on him or Matt Martin. Like I don't see that happening. If that's what you're referring to as yeah. living up to the hype, yeah, no. I, do. I but, expect I expect the worst. But I guess hype is a relative term, and to me, I don't, I don't have that high expectations for it to be that. Oh, I have big high expectations. A, like honestly, like a couple of a, a fight, a couple of big hits, but I think everything is done within the game. Yeah, and that would live up to my expectations. Okay, you're you're not you're not fun. No. That's a boring. That's those are boring expectations. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> that's what it is. Great expectations. Right. It's a boring book. Great book. Terrible book. Uh, all right, that brings an end to the cosine no sign segment. Uh, all right, coming up on the other side, real quick. I just got a couple of little little news tidbits that uh, that I want to chat about with real quick, uh, and that'll be coming up in just a moment. All right, welcome back to Locked On Leafs Podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside Brandon Cameron. So the Leafs, uh, it's been reported by both Elliot Friedman and Darren Dreger that they are going to be in the trade markets uh, this coming up, this upcoming trade deadline season. Hashtag trade deadline season. There's a couple of players that 
this morning, actually, Darren Dreger came out and said that the team may be interested in, and if he's saying that they may be interested in them... That means mm, that they've kicked tires. They've kicked the tires <laughs> on these guys. Uh, Noah Hannafin and TJ Brody of the Calgary Flames. What are your thoughts on that? Which of these two would you rather bring in? No, Hannafin. <laughs> Please explain. He's a better defensive defenseman than Brody. Than Brody. Bro- the Leafs don't need another... TJ Brody's basically... Jake Gardner, but uh, he's a little—he's a little better. Uh, he's a little more effective. More stable. Off, he's a little more effective and like consistent than Jake Gardner. But I think he's basically Jake Gardner, and the Leafs do not need that on their defense anymore. They need a guy that can actually like, you know, defend. I can see them kick. I'm actually surprised uh, they haven't kicked tires in Travis Hamonic. To be honest, I probably would have. If I'm the Leafs, that's the guy I'd be—I'd be circling. Um, and I think it's the guy that Flames would be more likely to part with than Noah Hannafin. I think he's a bigger piece on Calgary than than you'd think. Like Noah Hannafin's like their second best defenseman. What would it take to get a guy like Noah Hannafin though? Like, I feel like that would be a much more well, expensive starts with, ticket. It starts with at least one of Janssen, Kapanen, at least Brack. Honestly, maybe both Janssen and Kapanen. Ooh, and might take both Janssen and Kapanen. I would think if you're if that. Because that, that's obviously the leads are dangling, right? Someone on that third line is is someone they are dangling in front of them. And I think Janssen's the most expendable, considering the play of Engvall. So I think Janssen's the guy the Leafs are going to move on from at some point in the near future. Um, I don't think he gets it done for Hannafin. I think there's other guys that are kicking t- Who else are they kicking tires on? Is there anyone else that... Uh, Say TJ Brody. Uh, there are some other... like. Damon Severson's name has been out there from the yeah. New Jersey Devils. Um, Brendan Dillon's kind of out Brendan there. Brendan Dillon of the Sharks. He's a UFA. He could play uh, defense. You know, there's a couple of guys out there. Um, but the, the, the question is, you know, to bring in any of these players, you're going to have to move salary. Yeah. So you got to be comfortable with moving out somebody. I agree with you. I do believe that. Andreas Janssen has become a little bit expendable. It's unfortunate yeah. because he, he he's played well. It's just player. when he was injured and out, people took his they spot. Didn't, they didn't miss him. <laughs> I know. So like that just <laughs> proves that he's expendable. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that that didn't devalue him. Yeah, I don't think it does. I don't. I don't think it devalues him. I just think it it shows the Leafs are deep are deeper than people. They're a lot deeper than people thought. You think they get a deal done for defenseman? But yeah, now on the deadline, I think so. Yes, I think it's it's probably something along the along the lines of a Janssen Racco CC trade for a defenseman who makes four something, like four plus mil. That would be my guess. Botnin is also a guy who is kind of on the block that the Devils are hearing on. I've heard that the Ducks are interested in in listening to, to offers Manson. and li- well, they're maybe Manson, but they're they're willing to take on salary okay. for assets and picks. So that's someone where he can create some salary, move out a guy like CC and give them an asset along with it yeah. just to create some space. Um, another player that has been linked to Toronto, Alexander Georgiev of the New York Rangers. Yeah, They clearly have their guy of the future. Uh, Shostorkin has been unreal for them since he's come up from the AHL. That's the guy who they're going to be rolling with. I don't see them moving on from Henrik Lundqvist. So they now actually, have three goalies on their roster. Georgiev apparently is on the he's on the on, way out. on the block. He's on the way. Out. <laughs> and uh, Toronto's checked in. Yeah, um, I don't think the Leafs 
land Georgiev. I think they'll get outbid by a team that might potentially need him, like San Jose. I could see San Jose actually making a real offer for you. Say Aaron Dell ain't getting it done? Yeah, I'm saying Aaron Dell ain't getting it done. <laughs> I think that's a guy that I would circle if I'm San Jose and be like, this is a guy we could potentially bree, like groom into becoming our next starting goaltender. And that's not something the Leafs are really in the market for right now. They're just looking for a guy that can – they can. Well, actually, I guess I don't know. It's kind of tough to say because I think the Leafs – the Leafs could be looking for somebody they can groom into becoming a starter, right? Because Freddie Anderson's up after next year. And I don't know if they want to pay Freddie Anderson. I don't know if they can afford to pay Freddie Anderson. So maybe they do need to look after Georgiev. Maybe that's why the maybe that's why the Rangers are asking so much for in a Georgiev type trade, because they know that the Leafs might need that. Yes and no. I, I don't know if they're gonna if they're asking for him because they think, oh, he might be this team's starter and therefore we could probably get a King's ransom for him. If that's what they're thinking, especially I, I, maybe they could do that with San Jose, which I don't expect because do they want to roll the dice on another backup who hasn't had a starting role and give up, you know, key assets. It's the only way to get goalies these days though, man. Well, they did that before Martin Jones, he gave up a first round pick and look how that turned out. Turned out pretty good. They made it to a cup final. Well, couple, yeah. couple, a couple of conference Turned out finals. bad ever since then, though. <laughs> Real bad. That's a fair point. I guess they did technically make it to uh, to a final, but I, I think they could have. I mean, it wasn't because of Jones. That Actually, I think. I, I, it was. No, he had a good playoff. He was a really, he was right. really good in the playoffs. For like year. a year or two, he was pretty good. But anyways, <laughs> for Georgiev, I don't think the Leafs are gonna give up assets thinking that he's going to be a starter. I think they give up the amount of assets they're comfortable with for giving up for a quality backup. Like if they're asking for uh, like Brocco or they're asking for probably asking for I don't even know what in a second. Yeah. Like I probably don't do that. That's probably what it is. Janssen Bracco, and they probably want a first, but they're not getting a first. No, I don't, I don't think they want a first. I, I don't think anybody would give them a first-round pick. I think they want a Georgia. first. I don't, think, I don't think they're getting a first. I want a first for Cody Cece. No, uh, good I luck. I, I think you want a first for everything, yeah, realistically. But that's not, that's not how things work here. We'll see. I think that is certainly – if you're looking up uh, – if you're looking for the Leafs to upgrade at the backup goaltender position, he's probably number one on the list for, for oh, guys yeah. to acquire. Outside of him, it's a little dicey. I mean, if they can make the money work, Craig Anderson's kind of done in Ottawa. I'm sure it would take nothing to get can him. You see a, can you see the Leafs flipping CC from back to Ottawa for Anderson? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but Anderson, for a guy who probably is going to retire at the end of the year, you see this happen often. I think it happened with Kovalev, too, back when, when he got traded in his final year. He had traded for like a conditional seventh round pick. Yeah, they just like nothing. Give him the 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 playoff, and that's why I mean, if they can make the salaries work somehow, no, it'll probably have to be like CC. Eat half. I don't know how they could do it, but CC. That's what it has to be. Perhaps CC. I don't know if they want CC back. Yeah, but the, if they're gonna move on, if they want, if at, yeah, at some point, if you're Ottawa and you want to move on from Craig Anderson and like give him an actual chance to. You know, finally win a cup or something, or win or run. Or, or run again, one more run in his career as a backup. I think you you make it work. It's CC for one year, right? Yeah. Like I know you know what you have in CC, and obviously Ottawa isn't sold on CC or want CC, but I don't know. 
it's what it would take to get Anderson into a good spot. And I think that a lot of GMs in 2020 now would like, they care about their players. They want yeah. them to have success. Um, all right. Last little bit of piece of news that I want to bring up. And it's only because I saw a little bit of Leafs Twitter going a bit of a tizzy after this move <laughs> when uh, Lilligren got sent back down to the minors right after the game. Oh, it's because they're not playing this week. It's because they're on a bye week this week. <laughs> And they just want him to get games in and he yeah. go play for the Marlies. So yeah, no, not to worry. It's not that he played terribly and, and Dubas is like, nope, this guy's not ready. And sent him down. Sent someone else down. Was it Sandine? Uh, no, not Sandine. Um, oh, man, why am I blanking? Are you sure it wasn't Sandine? No, it wasn't. Uh, Kivalame? No. No, he wasn't called that. Who's a forward? 77. Brooks, Brooks. Brooks, Adam Brooks. Adam Brooks. Thank you. Yeah, so Adam Brooks also got sent down. Uh, but not because they're trash and terrible. They'll be back up, I would assume. After the break. After the break. Well, you know, I don't know depends if they're going to be back or not. It depends if Muslim we'll comes back after the break or not. You know what? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it depends uh, on that. That's a fair point. All right. Uh, fun chat. Fun okay. chat. Went a little long, but that's okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Lockdown Leafs Podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Brandon at B underscore Cameron 222. All right, be sure to check back in here tomorrow. Uh, we'll be chatting more about the Maple Leafs. It's going to be a bit of a bit of an interesting week because we got no games this week, so I'm looking to get some good guests on to uh, to chat. Uh, so kind of keep your eye out for what we'll be doing throughout the week as the team gets ready for the All-Star break and then gets set to embark on the second half of the NHL season. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.